1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The news of the day, and of course the news of that game, Adam, which you attended at Toyota Center, was how the Rockets lucked their way into a win. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like I was, (laughs) I know that Rockets fans are celebrating the result of that game, but if I was a Knicks fan, if I was anybody for the Knicks, I'd be hot. I'd be really hot by the way that that game ended. Um, They sort of uh, allowed themselves to be in that situation to not be able to challenge the call. But of course, you know, what we're referring to Aaron Holiday just sends up a heave, a prayer at the end of the game after Jalen Green has his shot blocked uh, at the rim. As, the, as, as time is expiring in regulation, looks like we're about to go into overtime. Aaron Holiday heaves it, and Jalen Brunson gets called for the foul. Of course, the game-winning free throws are after that. He gets two, misses the second on purpose. There was a weird moment there at the end of the game where it looked like they were going to award them the timeout, possibly, and let them maybe run a play there at the end, but they didn't. Just a, just a very wild turn of events, and, and that's on top of the way that the first half ended with a similar – a play where of course the Rockets were able to challenge a a foul call. And yeah, man, it was just, it was just a lot going on. But the news of the day is that the Knicks are actually gonna challenge the, the ruling or challenge the, the outcome of this game. We know that, that it's not going to be uh, overturned or anything like that. But I just, from you as somebody who was there in the building, what was it like to take in all of that action?
0: Well, I mean, the Rockets outplayed them for most of the game. The Knicks got off to a good start, and the Rockets kind of took control, really from the middle of the first quarter on. And then uh, Jalen Brunson got hot in the second half. Um, they filed a protest. It's not going to do anything. Um, I, I think you more you, you filed the protest more out of frustration than anything else. And they certainly have the right to be frustrated. I mean, they said it in the pool report. Ed Malloy did. He was the crew chief that they missed the call. And when you, you know, when you admit that you missed the call. You know, minutes after the game ended, I mean, you missed it. It was a bad miss. The the last two minute report uh, just confirmed what Ed Malloy said after the game, and you know, it it happened. Uh, the pro, I, I can't imagine the protest gets upheld. Only six protests in NBA history have ever been upheld. The last one was 17 years ago, and it had nothing to do with a missed call. Like normally, when I, I think usually protests will get upheld because a rule was applied incorrectly it's not because of a miscall, call because miscalls calls happen all the time it's a human area you know, you have humans refereeing the sport they are going to make mistakes sometimes they're going to make mistakes early in the game middle of the game sometimes it happens on the last play and last night is not the first time in 17 years that a call has been made in the very last seconds of a game that have uh, that have impacted the outcome of it and so the the game the protest that got upheld was 17 years ago. It was a game between the Heat and the Hawks. And the reason why the protest was upheld was because the scorer's table uh, charged a foul to Shaquille O'Neal when it was called on somebody else. And eventually Shaq fouled out because of this. And so that's why the rule basically was applied incorrectly or they made a mistake at the scorer's table. That's why that protest was upheld. And that's why that game basically was picked up from a certain spot in that game. And again, the likelihood that this impacts anything it's basically as small as you can get and i'm telling you and a big reason why is just because it opens up for the league can of worms where okay well the knicks challenge this at the buzzer guess what more teams are going to start pro you know more teams are going to start filing protests and before you know it they're going to have to replay like a dozen games every single year and nobody wants that so uh again the knicks are more than welcome to go ahead and file the protest and spend their money on that and it's not going to go anywhere
1: I acknowledge all of your points and they are well taken, but I got to say, man, this is an egregious call. Like I didn't I didn't think that. And you're right about human error and making mistakes. God knows that I'm the last person to get on somebody for making mistakes. I make plenty of them like on a daily basis. But when I look at that call, it at no point looked like a foul. Like I, I was shocked by it in real time. Like two things about it. Aaron Holiday is just throwing up a prayer, not that that's a reason to foul a guy or that a guy should be fouled in a situation like that, but the fact that it's not even a real shot, it's it's only barely and hardly and technically a real shot attempt, and Jalen Brunson does not foul him. Like normally, normally we're talking about a missed call, like something that doesn't get called that maybe should have, as opposed to something like this that's that so to me was so obviously not a foul being called a foul in the moment. Like it was, it was just shocking. It was a it was a jarring result. And I, and and honestly, man, if I was, if I, was I know it's just a regular another regular season game, a blip on the radar, but I would be pissed off on principle. No,
0: it, it's it's an egregiously bad call. At the worst possible moment, uh, and Jason Gobel he blew it. And listen, Jason Gobel was the referee that that blew that LeBron that LeBron hack. Remember going to the rim in that game uh, in Boston last year? That's the same referee. Now this is a good referee. I mean, Jason Gobel is is an official who has been around for a little bit, and he's a guy who worked two postseason rounds last year. I mean, only you know you got a lot of referees in the NBA. Very few of them get to the second round of the playoffs. He was one of them. So. Uh, I don't know if this will ultimately hurt his ability to get postseason assignments. It probably should. But, you know, this is just it, it happens. And this is why they have the challenge system in there is to protect against this type of a situation. And unfortunately for the Knicks, Tom Thibodeau, decided to use his challenge on a on a block charge in the first half. And that's a call, frankly, that is not going to get overturned very often, and that's why you should save it. And, and I do think one thing that you've seen this season, and I'm kind of getting off on the challenge system right now, but the league has added an extra challenge if you get the first challenge right. The one thing that I think we've seen more of this season than in the previous four or five seasons, however long they've had the system, is that teams are using their challenge a lot earlier, just assuming that they're going to get it right, because then they'll get the second challenge. And it's pretty amazing how many times teams have lost that early challenge and then left themselves without a challenge for the rest of the game. So listen, I totally get why the Knicks are upset. They certainly have a right to be upset. But at the same time, you say, the Rockets still had a challenge. You know, the Rockets had used their challenge earlier in the game, but they had gotten it right. So they were able to get the extra challenge. If you're going to use that challenge in the first half, you better be damn sure that you're 100% on it. They weren't. They left themselves without a challenge the rest of the game. I will say it was a poorly officiated uh, game really for the entire night. They couldn't decide whether or not it was going to be called tightly or they were going to let stuff go. And again, this was a decent crew. This is Ed Malloy is the crew chief. Ed Malloy is a finals ref every single year. Jason Gobel, as I said, he's a guy who uh, worked the second round of the playoffs last year. Like these are two really, you'll, you'll see a lot of times, your crew chief will be a guy who maybe has worked a handful of playoff games over the course of his career. So this was a good crew. This was an experienced crew, and they just had a bad night last night. And unfortunately, it it happened to be in a really close game, and probably their worst call of the night was at the very last second of the game.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to make an excuse for the Knicks for mismanaging their challenges and timeouts. If, if, If that is an argument that could be made, that's fine. But I also do wonder and, and just curious on what your thought is on this, but like I, I do wonder if the NBA could adopt some sort of system where at the end of the game or with a certain amount of uh, with a certain amount of time left in the game, they can review a call like that. Like it, I, I do think there's a responsibility on Tom Thibodeau, the coaches around the league to manage their challenges properly and to be judicious about their challenges. But it does seem like that is a critical enough point in the game and technology and just everything we know about how replay can sway a game uh, and and just, you know, the investment in games, uh, the gambling, like just every like little layer of it that you want to that you want to factor into it as to why the end result matters. Aside from just the competition and the integrity of the game standpoint, like just all of it, it feels like there should be room for at the end of the game there's somebody somewhere saying hey let's make sure we get this call right and don't just leave it up to hey will they mismanage their challenges uh, you know it's t- it's tough luck and here we are 10 15 20 minutes after the game admitting that we got the call wrong right.
0: well they th- that's basically your saying they need to have the NFL approach where yeah, the NFL yeah. goes to the booth. You know, all challenges are done or all reviews are done through the replay booth at uh, at two minutes. And the NBA kind of did this. Remember, up until I think last year might have been the first year where they stopped doing this. But if there was any questionable out-of-bounds call, they would go to the monitors. And it turns out that this is awful because it stops the flow of play. And so you're kind of getting into that dangerous ground. Well, because there are a million, you can challenge basically anything that happens at the end of a closed basketball game, whether it's a foul, whether it's an out of bounds call and you're just going to spend all your time at the monitors and it's not great. And you see this sometimes in co- you see this in college basketball because college basketball still has the rule where they'll review anything under two minutes. They'll review clock issues. They'll review out of bounds calls and it's awful for college basketball because all it does is that the referees just spend half their time at the monitor and these games never get finished, and there's no flow to the game. So I, I think that we should try and get every single call right, but it's just one of those things where it, it just cannot happen. So we can either have this situ- have a, a football-like um, uh, thing where you just review everything under two minutes, or we can have flow to the game. And yeah, Well, what if, what if for there's a...
1: Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go well,
0: for, for me personally, I think it's better for the product if we have flow to the game like i just think that's just better for everybody um because like i said you could review anything there are there are many many calls that could be reviewed and obviously we're talking about this one because they got it wrong but this is just this is just how it's going to go as long as you have humans making these calls and sometimes they are they and and a lot of, like this one is egregious the one last night is egregious and it's a badness and but that's a rarity Normally, the misses are, if they're even misses, these are 50-50 calls. And so I I don't like the idea of just going to the monitor every time there's a 50-50 call because I would rather see these guys play. And I'd rather see them actually have flow to a basketball game as opposed to having a two-minute stoppage every time there's a close call.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you about the flow of the game. I hate how it can sometimes even slow. It feels like it can slow down the flow of a football game, and so much less a a basketball game that, You know, the aesthetic of it is how about how free flowing it is and how quickly you're able to get through a basketball game. It's one of the more appealing parts of it. But I do feel like there's got to be just in my mind, there's got to be a happy medium where, you know, two minutes in a football game is much shorter. than You know, two minutes in a basketball game, I feel like can be much longer than two minutes in a football game just because of all of the back and forth. You know, like in two minutes, one team has can have a possession in a football game like that's a that's a two minute drill. That's that's one team's possession. Two minutes in basketball is an eternity. So like maybe it's not two minutes, you know, maybe it's the last 45 seconds. I don't I'm I'm being very arbitrary with the number because I don't have the correct answer. I don't know what the right number is, but I feel like along with what you're saying to be consistent with the flow of the game or or to keep the flow of the game, right? It's not two minutes because that's just too much damn time. And maybe it's inside a minute, inside 40 seconds, the last 30 seconds. I don't know. I'm just throwing out a number out there that's less than two minutes, far less than two minutes to kind of keep up what you're saying, but also in in these most ever most critical moments, because I, I would hate, I know this is a meaningless, you know, I feel like we're kind of joking in the beginning of the game about how the Knicks crowd was out there chanting out Jalen Brunson MVP chants, and some of the Knicks crowd was able to get some of the Rockets crowd riled up a little bit. Uh, I feel like you took a picture before the game, kind of sarcastically pointing out that the Rockets and Knicks have played bigger games than the one that they played on Monday night. And so it's a meaningless contest, but I would hate for something even close to this to happen in a game that, that really matters, a game that people are really paying attention to. I'd love for them to figure out a solution that is like a happy medium between let's not bog the game down and ruin the flow of the game, but let's not like allow a, a <laughs> to, to allow a game to end quite like, like, I don't know. I don't think I've seen a game in quite like that with the call being as bad as it was. It was, very, to me, it was like you said, it was very unique and, and very specific in particular to this moment.
0: Yeah. I just, I don't think, there is a whole lot you can do uh, unless you want to give teams another challenge with two minutes to go, but then, Hey, now we can just blow our challenge, you know, early, like the league has tried, I, I will say the league tried, and this is why they did the extra challenge. And this is why now maybe the league should say, you know what? Um, you get two challenges now and you get the second one, even if you're wrong, if you want to do it that way. Okay. That's fine. But at, at some point they they have the challenge system out there for a reason. And as a coach and as a team, you still have to, you know, there's still some strategy that goes with using the challenge. And I think far too often this year, you have seen teams just be kind of cavalier with how they use their challenges. And I think the Knicks were right there. And that was, that was a bad, let, let's just be honest. That challenge in the, in the first half, second quarter was a bad challenge. That is a block charge that is going to be at best. It's a 50, 50. Like that's not a 50-50 call is not going to get overturned most of the time. So don't challenge it. Challenge the obvious ones. And that's where Tibbs screwed up. And I guess Tibbs got emotional or I I don't know exactly where that challenge came from in the second quarter. But that was a mistake. And if you don't make that challenge, then, hey, maybe you still use that challenge later on in the game. But maybe it's a call that's even more obvious. And then maybe you give yourself that second challenge and then you could challenge that call. You know, the, the, the call that the Rockets challenged was an obvious one it you know the, the rockets also used their challenge in the first half and that was on the kickout with uh Dante DiVincenzo. that was an obvious one that's what you're supposed to use these calls for especially in the first half you don't use your challenge in the first half for the 50-50 call you use it for the obvious one and that's where tim screwed that's where tim screwed up
1: yeah I, I i'm with you on that point like i'm i'm not here and that's why i tried to my, the way i tried to wiggle out of this was he set something up from the league standpoint. And toward the end of the game, the final seconds of the game. But I'm not here. I made this point earlier. I'm not here for bailing out coaches for mismanaging their timeouts and their and their challenges. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, it's not like feel sorry for Tibbs because he didn't have a challenge. It was more of a feel sorry for the integrity and aesthetic of the game at the end of it. You know, looking like that. You know, but Rockets fans celebrate a win is a win you got to win and you got to win against a really good team I want to before we move on just since we're talking about it like hit on that game real quick because I I mean my thought on it was you know I like the way that they played in the first half all that the Knicks seemed to really be able to get off in that first half was Dante DiVincenzo and I feel like if if Dante DiVincenzo was the one that was beating you um, that you would live with that, and so I, I like the way that they played overall, for the most part, you know, except for you know a, a, a short flat period there in the first half. But I really liked how they played in the first half, and I was shocked by the third quarter how the defense fell apart and how it seemed like it was just all Knicks in the in the third quarter and really the entire second half. Uh, for I, I thought for the most part the Knicks actually outplayed them. The, the Rockets were very lucky to win, not just from that shot. But based off of how they responded after halftime, what were your takeaways from from the game overall itself? itself?
0: Um, they let the Knicks get back into it in the third quarter because of the rebounding. And the Knicks are a very good offensive rebounding team. And I think they had eight or nine offensive rebounds in the third quarter alone, I think, at one point. They had missed fourteen shots at one point in the uh, in the third quarter, and they've gotten the offensive rebound on eight of the fourteen. I mean, that's the sort of stuff that you can't do, and that's the sort of stuff that gets them in trouble. And both you know, I, I don't make a whole lot of it. I thought Amin Thompson obviously was really good, yeah. and he put up the box score, and I think that that's something that he's going to do just constantly. Um so uh, that's been important for them. Aaron Holiday has had kind of a nice little bounce back. He he went through a stretch where he wasn't playing a whole lot, but then he was really good uh, in, in last night's game. And that's the first time that they've won this season without Fred VanVleet. And, then of course, Dylan Brooks was great. Yeah, he was on uh, fire. Yes. On fire
1: from three, yeah.
0: Yeah, so Dylan Brooks stepped up when they needed him to. Yeah. So listen, that's a good team. Uh, Both teams are shorthanded. The Rockets have not played well while being shorthanded really over the last six weeks. Um, But it doesn't really mean a whole lot if you can't beat Memphis on Wednesday. And so Memphis, again, the Rockets will still be shorthanded on Wednesday. Memphis will be, again, shorthanded as they've been the entire year. But the Rockets haven't won back-to-back games in, what, six weeks now. So at some point, you you need to be able to win back-to-back games just to Give yourself something positive to go in, uh go in with uh with the all-star break and to try and at least put yourself in position to get back in this play-in because, you know, all of a sudden they're three games out of the last play-in spot. And you know, it's tough to make up that sort of round.